Hey, it's Larry Hunter, 5-Minute Inspirations, coming at you again, and I thank you for taking a moment to listen in. I want to talk a little bit more about what we've been talking about over the last few segments, talking about God's Word and comparing it to the seed. Jesus did that. Jesus did that a lot. He talked about God's Word in comparison to the seed in Mark chapter 4, really that whole chapter. It's got some really good stuff in there that relates to the way that we deal with God's Word is the way that we would deal with the seed. And you know, one thing about a seed, if you try to grow something from a seed, it's going to take patience. And so that this might be, might not be good news for some of you who, you know, as I'm trying to relate God's word to a seed, the seed process, because, you know, you ain't had too much patience (laughs) up to now, but it's okay. It's not, it's not impossible. You can have more. God will help you to develop your patience. Can I get an amen? Anyway, but what I want to do is, I want to share with you that God works by the seed principle. God can do miracles. Okay, we know that. There is nothing impossible with God. The things which are impossible with men, this is Matthew 10, 27, I think, Matthew Matthew 9, 27. The things which are impossible with men are not impossible with God. For with God, all things are possible. See? Okay, so getting back to the fact of the seed, you know, God wants you and me to live victoriously here in the earth. Because when we live victoriously, when we are prosperous, when we're healthy, when we're doing well, it brings glory to him. Jesus said in John chapter 15, around about verse 8, he says, Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. So see, God wants you to do well, just like we want our children to do well. And when we do well in life, then it brings glory to him. People start asking about why are you different? Why are things happening for you that are not happening for me? What what do you have that I don't have? You talk about this, this God, this Jesus stuff. I think I'm interested. Tell me a little bit more about this crazy stuff you've been talking about. That's exactly what will happen as people around you see that your life is going well and that you are prosperous, firm, secure, when they're crumbling and when they're suffering from from lack here and there, they're going to ask you, take me to your leader. (laughs) But anyway, what I want to get at, what I want to bring out today, as I'm talking about the fact that God has the promises that he's made for us, the truths in God's word that we read about, All of them are true and they are available to us, but they are available in seed form. So we have to learn how to work with God's word as we would work with the seed if we are going to see the things that God says in the Bible manifest in our own lives. I want to read a passage of scripture to you right quick. 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 2 through 4. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. See, I told you God made provision for anything that we would need to live a successful, prosperous life, which brings glory to God in the name of Jesus. Huh? All right. Verse four, second Peter chapter one, verse four. 
Well, I better read it all again because you have to get the flow of it. I'll, I'll stop interrupting myself. Okay, here we go. Starting at verse two, Second uh, Peter chapter one, verses two through four. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are giving unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, what God is saying in this passage here, he's, look, his grace and his peace has been multiplied unto you. But it's through your knowledge of God. It's through what you know about God. It's through what you understand from God's word. Huh? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So see, if I'm a Christian and I don't really... I don't hang out with God. I don't really know the word of God. I don't really spend time reading or studying the Bible. I don't know much about God. So as a result, it's kind of impossible for me to experience the amount of grace and peace that God has already multiplied to me. It's kind of hard for me to be able to experience that in my daily life. So see, grace and peace is multiplied unto us through our knowledge of God. And of Jesus our Lord. So as we continue in the word, hearing it preached, hearing it taught, reading it for ourselves, studying it, meditating on it, then we begin to get a clearer picture of what God is all about and what Jesus has done for us and what he has promised that he will continue to do for us. Therefore, grace and peace can be multiplied much more so into your life experience. But I want you to check it out. Grace and peace has multiplied us through the knowledge of God. And look at what, how God has done it. His divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That's everything. Covers every base. Everything that you could ever need or want, God has already given to us. But what does he say again? He says, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Again, he's going back to what you know. What do you know about God? God has done some things, but if you don't know that he's done those things, and if you don't understand what he's done, then you won't partake of what God has so freely, freely given to you in abundance. Now, let's look at verse 4. Whereby are giving un given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Somebody did a count one time. I forgot what the count was about how many promises there were there were in the Word of God. I don't know, but it's a lot of them, and you know that, right? So check it. Check this out. He's given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, so that by these by these promises you might be partakers of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. What is he saying in verse 4? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. He's given us his word so that we can take his word as seed and as a result partake of his divine nature or of his way of living. That's But the way that he's done it is by giving us these exceeding great and precious promises. So when you read a promise in God's word, it's a seed. When you read a truth from God's word, it's a seed. And that seed 
needs to be taken from the pages of the Bible and you need to put it into the soil of your heart. Uh, I don't know how else to really say it right now, but but you see some people like, okay, I give this example before, but I want to give it again. When we lived in the States, you know, we had a neighbor across the street. Boy, I tell you what, from the time we moved in, I was thinking this guy needs to get yard of the month. You know, they have a thing where they go around and if you if you keep your grass up looking really good and, and you got flowers and just everything looks really nice, then you can receive an award yard of the month. Okay. That's how he was. I mean, he was out there every day doing stuff. He's cutting the grass and planting seeds and watering it and everything. And, and I'm across the street. And I give myself a major victory if I cut the grass on a regular basis. I ain't trying to do all this pulling up weeds and and uh, uh, get planting flowers and, and watering it. What? I'm like, okay, well, I put together a while back that if I let the grass and the weeds and everything grow together, then when I cut them, it's all going to look green and it's all going to look smooth. It's all going to look good. That's the way I thought about it. My neighbor thought about it differently. Okay, but check this out. This is what I want you to see as we get ready to close. I can't say that his stuff looks so good because he's got better soil than I have. I mean, his dirt is just right across the street from my dirt. We basically got the same dirt that we're working with. I can't. What can I say then? Can I say it ain't fair? It ain't fair. I live so close to him, but look at my yard and look at his yard. A world of difference. I can't say it ain't fair. I have to come to the point to conclude that his yard looks like it does. His grass looks like it does because he has taken the time to care for it, to cultivate it, to water it. All that stuff that goes with that. And as a result, we got the same kind of dirt, but his dirt is producing something that's very pleasing to the eye. Pleasing to him, pleasing to all of us. Anybody who look around like, oh, that, that yard looks good. On the other hand... All I'm concerned about is cutting the grass. I ain't concerned about watching what goes in, pulling out weeds and, and watering it and stuff when, when, when it's hot and ain't no raining going on. I ain't concerned about none of that. So guess what? I can't blame anybody. I can't blame the dirt. I can't blame the weeds growing up in my yard. I can't blame the grass. If you were stronger, you would be able to overpower those weeds. Can't do none of that. I have to take responsibility for myself. I have to look at the man in the mirror and I have to realize that my yard is producing weeds and a little bit of grass and all kind of other stuff because I ain't been willing to put the time in to treat my yard like soil and then, you know, care for the seeds in it and all that kind of stuff so that I can get it, you know, get it looking good. Hmm. I can't look at my brother who's prospering, who God's always speaking to him about something. And, and Lord, God is opening doors for him. And who he's a tither, you know, and, and, and he gives offerings. And it just seems like he's got people just give him things, just just help him to, to travel and do all the things that God has put in his heart. I can't go to hating on him. No. What, what I have to conclude is that he's doing something different with the word of God than what I'm doing. He's believing God. He's stepping out on God's word. He's planting God's word in his heart and, and being patient with it. And he's walking in faith in God's word. And as a result, 
This is the kind of harvest that comes up. If I look at my my own life and I ain't man, I'm I, ain't, I got other things I want to do. You know, I ain't got too much. I wish I could, but I ain't got time to spend in the word like like that. I just I just I don't know. He go to church two times a week. Lord Jesus, I go every other week. And I think that's enough, you know, because after all, I got to do other things. I have to catch up on all the stuff that I couldn't get done during the week. I'm busy. That might be all true, but I can't blame him and I can't blame any circumstance for the kind of harvest I'm getting. My harvest depends on the effort that I uh, apply to um, to my life in terms of, you know, in terms of my, my life with God, if I'm not putting the time in and treating his word as seed and and reading it, thinking about it, studying it, speaking it, acting upon it, it's no surprise to me that I don't have more of God's grace and peace that is showing up in my life. Okay? Wow. Let me hear from you if you get a moment because I feel like I'm rambling, but I do have something I'm trying to get across to you and I'm just trying to say it in as much of an unorthodox way as possible. You know, I don't like to sound religious. I purposely don't sound religious, but sometimes I just wonder, okay, well, am I actually getting across to people? <laughs> anyway, you be blessed and remember to take a look at that scripture, Second Corinthians, I mean, Second Peter, chapter one, verses two through four, and also roll on over and look at Mark chapter four again, where it compares God's word to a seed and the seed principle, so that this two, this this year, this new year that we've just entered into, you'll be able to see much more of God's word manifest in your life, and you'll know why. <laughs> Larry Hunter, five minute inspirations. I thank God and I thank you for giving me another opportunity to share with you words that encourage and thoughts that inspire. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.